Do you suspect that your parent is a narcissist? Today, I want to go over the traits and signs that your parent is a narcissist. Also, how to navigate that relationship and what to expect from that parent if and when you decide to go no contact. It's going to be a good one, guys. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Candidly with Coffee. Yep. And it's Friday. Happy Friday before Christmas. Yes, sure is. going to be a good one. The hustle and bustle is real right now for people, I'm sure. Yeah. Last minute shoppers. Yeah. When I went, I went to the mall yesterday and I saw a lot of men. Of course. That's <laughs> I us. I saw a lot of men. And they get desperate and they go into the expensive stores and they just ask the salesperson. Yes. What That's do you what think? they do. And yep. then they just spend a lot. And then the salesperson suckers them into spending a lot of money. It's commission for them. They're smart. Yeah. They're like, come here, boy. I, I saw you. it literally all over Valley Fair. I bet you did. All over. It was funny. That is funny. But I went to, I was there because I went to the Christmas show, the Santana Road Christmas show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I How took the, the girls. It was cute. They had yeah. like music and Christmas carols and hot chocolate. That's cool. It, it, it felt like walking around Disneyland at night kind of thing. It was like a lot of action going on. It was really cute. That's cool. <clears throat> it was really good. And we decided we're going to make it an annual tradition to do some sort of like holiday something. We th- I, I thought it would be cool to do a show like Nutcracker or something like that in the city. Yeah. I've been to those when I was a kid to, I, from, to, from uh, like our school took us like as a field yeah, trip. Yeah. I, I so did that. I and I yep. loved it. It was cool. I loved it. I loved the, the theater. I yeah. think it's cool to go the see cool performances. Experience. Yeah. I'd like I'd actually like to go to broad I've never been to a Broadway show in New York. I'd love to do that. Yeah, we've never done that. No, all the times we went to New York and we never did a I show. Know. Nope. We, ooh. We ate a lot of pizza though. Oops. Oh that's what we did when we went there. We ate. That's why we didn't go to a show. All we, we did was and eat, eat and eat. I was swollen when I got back from New York. Actually, both I can remember two times specifically that I was super like swollen. Yeah. Because a lot of pizza. You have to. It's just so damn good when you're out there. We don't get it out here. We got pizza, but not like New York. No. It's special. And there's this spot in Times Square, not far from the W Hotel. And I cannot for the life of me think remember the name of it. I know. Me neither. I know exactly where it's at. It's small and tight in there. And the pizza and the cannolis and the calzone, it's out of this world. We went twice the last time we were there. Yes. Hopefully it's still there because we haven't gone since since the pandemic. Yeah, so oh, I'm sure survived. that place was, it was like booming. yeah, it was a hot spot. And do you remember <clears throat> we even the last night we were in that we were there the last time we went and got some for the room and we just yeah. chowed down in the room. Yes, I remember that was so good. That was so good. All right, you guys, just to let you know, I've been doing macros like a crazy person. I appreciate everybody who's buying macro assessments. I think it is amazing because I'm so proud of the people that are thinking about this kind of stuff in December. People usually wait until the 1st or January, still dragging their feet, contemplating. This is usually dead time for me. It's crazy. And this is crazy busy. I'm loving it. In fact, I've added, and actually I will, if you are already a macro client, you already received your macros. I created like a a series of videos for Nutrition IX that I'm going to give. It was previously only accessible from for one-on-one clients, but I want to give my macro clients the access to these videos as well. So I'm going to do an email and send it out 
with access for anyone who's purchased macros in like the last few months since I switched over to Nutrition IX. Nice. And Plug send that, up. yeah, and I'll send that list out to you guys because it's videos on how to do little things. There's this hack that I've figured out in the app that makes it so easy to track when you're cooking for your family or cooking like based on a, a recipe that has a lot of ingredients. It's the best hack ever, and I'm, I'm going to share it with my clients. Oh, nice. I'm going to save that one for the clients. So that's happening. I'm also doing the eight-week challenge starting January 8th, and I was hoping to have the registration open already. Hopefully, by the time that you guys are listening to this podcast, the registration's open, but it is an eight-week challenge. It's basically my body boot camp and everything you need to get started on your goals. It really just is fun. The accountability. I was even talking to my sister-in-law last night at dinner, and she said just something about the accountability of being in a challenge. That's true. She wants to jump in because she goes, every time I've done boot camp, because just to let you guys know, Body Boot Camp, the eight-week challenges, that was my thing years ago. And I think I had my first one right at the pandemic, 2020. Yeah. And people loved those challenges. And I I never had a subscription Body Boot Camp back then, so I would just do these eight-week challenges. I'd have BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three. Yeah. And so it's like the return of the OG Body Boot Camp Challenge. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully... You guys will have, if you go to my website that's down in the description, the registration is open. If not, I'll let you know. Just keep listening to my Instagram. I'll let you know once registration is open for that. It doesn't start until the 8th. So once you register, you're locked in because I only have so many spots. And then you'll have access to the app. You can download everything, but you will not get access to your meal plan and your workouts until about two days before the challenge starts. So there's that exciting thing. And then, of course, housekeeping don't forget to rate and review. Yep. Loving hit, all these reviews coming in. Hit that subscription button. Refer us to your friends, family, whoever. Yeah. Keep, and let us keep growing. Keep, uh, help us keep growing. We're growing. We just Thank got you a, guys. We just got a new review <clears throat> from Shannon T99. I usually only watch on YouTube, but I came to Apple Podcasts to give Janine and Mike a five-star review because these two deserve all the love and support. Their hard work and dedication to this show is so appreciated. I look forward to episodes every Monday and Friday. They're so real and raw, and they never fail to engage with their audience. They deserve all the success in the podcast space. Thank you very much for that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you doing that, going over there specifically just to leave us a review. Yes. It's so nice. Take your time out of your day to do that. I know it's not easy. Like it, <clears throat> it, it isn't hard, but it ain't easy. It just it's takes just, time. It takes time. It does. It takes time. And I value people's time. Yeah, exactly. I truly value people's time. So for someone to stop what they're doing and go and do that, I really appreciate it. Yep. I just want you guys to know that. Yep. And then if you're not following us on the candidly underscore with coffee Instagram, make sure you follow us there. Yes. And I'm here to confirm that Monday's episode... It's on Christmas. Yes, we are going to have a Christmas episode, but hey. Mr. Escobar is taking the day off because I've got a special guest and Alyssa is in the house. So Alyssa Morris, my daughter, she's going to be in the hot seat and I am going to ask her all of your burning questions. I've been gathering so many questions for her and we'll just have a chit chat and see how that goes. Yeah. Give him a special. Give him a long one. Yeah, we'll see. I can see the questions. I saw them too. They're excited yeah, for that. There are a lot. There's Mother, a lot daughter. of questions. Mother, daughter, and how, why she competed, and what what's it yes. like to work out? Like when you're on your period. I've got so many <laughs> questions for her. Like what? Stuff, how does stuff that I can't? Yeah. Answer. How does the her cycle? 
influence her training schedule and what is her fitness inspiration right now. She's got some new goals, so it'll be exciting. So tune in to that special episode. It is a special Christmas episode with my daughter, and it's almost four years to the day that I interviewed her the first time. Wow. That's she right. Was I my, forgot about She that. was on my second ever episode of Cannelly with Coffee. Second ever episode. Moving on to the hot coffee topic. Matthew Perry's death has been blamed now. At ketamine is what caused was the cause of death. Yeah. Can't abuse that either. And at first, people thought, oh, he was taking that ketamine therapy for depression. And it has to do with his uh, ketamine therapy for addiction. It's a new thing that they're starting to do. But it's a half-life drug. And his last appointment was like a week or two prior. So the ketamine that was in his system, which was enough to put someone under for surgery, Damn. was brand new ketamine. I don't know. They're being really careful with how they talk about it because they kept saying like for every, for all intents and purposes, what we know is that he was clean and sober to me. It's like, why isn't anyone saying that means he was not clean and sober. Yeah. What that tells me is you have to be very careful as an addict to do any kind of little therapies and cool new things and drugs and stuff to to cure you because you will become addicted to anything yes that's true i know so he clearly became some sort of an addiction to the ketamine and he overdid that addicts overdo everything yes we do you should know i'm one of them you have to monitor the consumption of anything can get out of control i don't know who thought that's a good idea i Listen, if I'm an ex-addict, I'll tell him, like, homeboy, listen, you need other things. That is dangerous. You're just playing with another form of drug that's dangerous. Something else that you're going to start doing every day and then do more and then do more. They really, even things that are not considered drugs, they have to be careful. If you're in an addiction, that's why you need lifelong help and monitoring because a lot of times those addictions, even something that's not illegal and not a substance at all, you can become addicted to it. Just yep. random things, addicted to gum chewing, addicted to exercise, addicted. So Too much caffeine yeah. like I was doing. I was going overboard after my weed. It was so immediate when you quit the weed. I immediately clocked your caffeine. I thought, here he goes again. He's shifting. So it's, I always have to pay attention to make sure that you don't shift into some other unhealthy addiction. Caffeine-free uh, <laughs> coffee right here. Yeah. Okay. You're okay then. Yeah. I I'm, have a... Yeah. I'm sleeping like a baby lately. Yeah. I'm fighting this bug right now. I got the little cold, but I've been sleeping like a champ. Are you? You're sleeping better? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I'm sleeping better. You haven't really talked about it, so I don't know. Yeah. It, I think it just took a while to get through <clears> that, <throat> get myself back on track again, things leveling out. It takes a while. That was a, a pro- to be honest, I don't want to go through any more of your withdrawals, okay? So can we just- I don't want to go through any more <laughs> withdrawals anymore. Because I'm you go through it and everybody goes through it and it's a lot. Yeah. Can only imagine? Addicts put the households through crazy shit. It's just, it's a lot. A it's a swings, lot. We're not feeling good because we're not, we're off. We're off, yeah. chemically off or circadian rhythms off. Everything's off. And it's like now the ride's getting smooth yeah. again. I hope. Let's just keep so, it that way. Hey, look, my results speak for themselves. Jim's going good. Yeah. Train's oh my going gosh, good, so. I'm gonna actually put up a video Sheet. that you took before we came back here because you look incredibly shredded. <laughs> it's almost scary. I do. I was like, whoa, I'm feeling myself. Let me do a video. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm going to put it up, you guys. I've been eating. Look at Mr. Escobar with his protein. Yeah, I've been smashing protein. Enjoying my foods. It's a good thing. I'm enjoying what I'm making. That's, yeah. the, that's the best part about it. It's not like I'm like, I told you this over 10 years ago. There has to be a way for us to look good or be in shape or physically fit and enjoy our foods. Right? No, it has to be bland. It has well, to be egg whites, so. chicken breasts, and broccoli. You have to eat clean. I was like, just can't you just listen and be disciplined, remember? Yeah. No. You said. No, because <laughs> it's not sustainable, and I know that. I've done those bro diets and bro science. Yeah. No, don't work. Yeah. If you're not loving what you eat. Nope. It's not going to work. I'm sorry. Somebody's going to show up to your workplace with a pizza, and you got chicken and broccoli, and look at your food, and look at the pizza, and be like, F this. I'm going for the pizza. I'm just telling you guys from experience. It yeah. takes a hard discipline to say no to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's what I work on the most like with my one-on-one clients is guiding them on how to build meals and how to track a day. You'd think, I think sometimes I'm, I do this so much that for me, it seems like a no brainer. But when I see, when I look at my clients food logs, I realize why I have a job. Yes. Because I realized, you know what, people do need help. They just get they almost like writer's block. They on, don't, yeah, they don't get it. And quite so yet. they'll just be like 10 ounces of chicken at the end of the day because they're paranoid and they want to hit their protein. I'm like, you're not enjoying that 10 ounces of chicken. No. You know what I mean? Like for a woman who. Yes, that's a lot for a woman. That's or, a lot for me. For a woman, that's a lot. On the flip side, or I'll see someone have three protein shakes. Or on the flip side, I will just see them waste a lot of calories on only carbs and treats and then not hit their protein goal, yep. but maybe hit their calorie limit. And I'm just, and that's normal. And I'm not like criticizing. I don't, no. If you're my client listening, I'm not criticizing. I think that it is normal. And that's why I, I don't just go in there and go, no, you can't do this and don't do this and don't do that. I just slowly, Hey, next time you're putting together a meal, try like it's, it looks like you always just put in three ounces of chicken. Why is that? Go for five ounces of chicken. Yeah, now no. you're going to get so much more protein out of the way. Yeah, the meal is going to be right. going to be more full of protein. That's why you see me. Look at the big ass burgers I make. Yeah. Eight, eight and, ounce of meat. And, but on the same token, I definitely do not say don't eat this and don't eat that. I might no. just get suggestions like, hey, add some fat with that so that it doesn't leave you so ravenous after because there's too many yes, carbs all, yes, all by itself facts. or whatever. Yep. Things like that. But the the end of the day, it takes time to find a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And be patient. The first month's yeah. going to be a learning curve. But that's okay. The first month, don't think you're going to nail it. A lot of yeah. people might get lucky and nail it, but it takes, yeah. I, what I'm, I'm seeing, it takes at least a month, even up to two months, and people start finally yes. getting. And then once they get there, like, oh, I understand. Then, and now, now they're on their, getting on the rhythm and their flow. Like, I get it now. Yeah, and then they have to go through some bumps. And the bumps have to happen. They have They're to. important to happen because yes. you have to learn how to navigate bumps. They The first time they go out of town. Yep. The first, I just had corresponded with a client yesterday who was freaking out because she was going on a vacation. She's on such a good rhythm. It's so hard. You get so scared. Like, I want to enjoy my vacation, but I want a good rhythm. I don't want to lose my progress. Yes. And so I guided her, like, do this. But... It's a process. You gotta have. You have to go through all of those things. Look at my client, Mauricio. How many times I had to guide him? He travels a lot. Yeah, he or, travels or, a lot. Yeah, but he travels a lot. I have to help him, guide him. Yeah, but he's gotten better. He's got. He's getting the game down. It took him a while. It takes people a while. Once they get the game down, they're like, okay, I got this. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. Moving on to the hold my coffee. <laughs> well, the great Ozempic debate ozempic anyways the post or the you know, mike and i had a little disagreement on last week's 
We did. And, and I did a, a short version, a clip from that, and it, I posted it on all the social medias, and people piped in. And I would say that most people agreed with you. That crazy. In that Ozempic is a shortcut. Just eat healthy exercise. Yada, yada. I'm going to read through some of them. Aaron Hale, 280. Eat healthy and work off what you intake and you will lose weight. User whatever XYZ. So for the last 50 years, these corporations have been funding FDA studies, paying off doctors so they can pump addictive chemicals into our food. And drug companies love it. Okay, I don't know. That person was not too happy. William Price, 1844, just stop eating more than you use. Dirt Nap 300, drugs rather than learn healthy eating habits. That's sad, really. So they're not, everyone's just anti the drugs or saying it's it's a lazy shortcut. I, I've already explained my stance on that. I, for the most part, disagree. However, I do... I disagree with these those comments. I don't think it's a shortcut. I think it's a solution for the morbidly obese who have health issues and need to get to lose body fat. Yeah. Cindy B100, her comment says, weight loss medications can really be life-changing for the right person, not only for people that have comorbidities arising from lifelong obesity, but also people who have struggled with food addiction. It's been shown to reduce urges and cravings for food and for some people who have tried their entire lives to manage their food addiction slash binge and chronic eating relapsers. Maintenance dose of GLP-1 can literally give them freedom for the first time. I hope it gets studied for addiction treatment and binge eating so it can be prescribed for that population. I think Oprah falls into that same camp and I applaud her honesty. So I threw in one that agrees with me. Thank you, Cindy. I do agree with that. I actually have done a little bit more digging and it is starting to be used for people with alcohol al- alcoholism because it does. There's, it also curbs the craving for alcohol. I never heard that. And so they're researching it and they're studying it currently for potentially an addiction therapy of some sort. Damn. But you got to understand something. Let me tell you something. From an addict, and I always hear food addicting, food addiction, food addiction. I get that. I have some kind of food addiction. I have Mm -hmm. my certain foods I'm addicted Mm -hmm. to too. That's all I hear you guys in the mind. But you got to master this thing first. You got to keep this under control. It ain't the stomach. I think people got it like, oh, I'm so hungry. I got to feed the the beast. And the medication doesn't, the medication is here. It's in the hypothalamus. The medication is not happening in the stomach. I think you have to have a healthy relationship with food. Because food is not the enemy. Carbs are not the enemy. Everything we've been taught, this, of that. Of course. You have to just find a healthy Ultimately, balance. Ultimately, that's the goal. You got to find I, a balance with it. But what about the people that they're just... What happened to me and you? I was almost 100 pounds overweight to my lowest point. You lost 100 pounds. Yeah. At your highest and lowest. Well, how did we do it? I don't know, to be honest. I always tell people this. I stand by my stance, flip a switch. We all have that inside of us. I do, I know and I agree. I, I know it's harder for others. It's not that easy. Trust no. me. There's nothing. And I want to explain something. You guys see us now, and we're all lean and healthy. I'll have her put up pictures when I was at my worst. I've Drinking, doing showed drugs, them plenty eating. Of times. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like I have special genetics. Like I just, boom, and no. lost it. It, it takes and time. And it's harder without the help of medication. Well, I didn't use any. It, it is harder for sure. It's hard. And I do worry Although I agree with someone who has like chronic obesity disorders, binge eating, all of that, but my stance is still, they're only going to be successful if they take the medication forever, like a weight loss dosage and then a maintenance dosage, but forever, like someone who has hypertension taking blood pressure medication. It is not successful 
to come off of it. And I actually heard of an, inf I heard an influencer on a video on YouTube, y a young girl, she's 29 years old, only 10 pounds overweight, confessing that she's, oh, you guys, I'm on semaglutide and See, Fiata. that's a problem. And she said, but the nurse, I did it the healthy way. The nurse practitioner told me that I'm, it won't, the weight won't come back because I'm learning healthy habits while I'm on the medication. I'm going to only be on it for three months. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the problem. It's a young girl who is using it to lose vanity weight. 29 years old? 29. On, man. She's a thin girl. You only need needed that. to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. She's going to be on it for two more months. She's already lost 10 pounds in the first month. And she is under the impression that she's creating all these healthy habits. No, you're not creating any habits at all. In fact, you're losing all your healthy habits because you're not, you're not strengthening the mind and the willpower. You don't have to. What you don't use, you lose. Exactly. So when you go back on the medication... When you go off the medication, you're not going to have those healthy habits anymore. The weight comes back, the food noise comes back, and you got a serious problem. Now you're going to want to fork out another 500 to get back on the meds. These med spas that are giving out the meds, they're just, this is cash cow for them. Yep. You got to remember it's a business. They want you coming back. Yeah. But those are the ones I, I agree with, disagree with so bad that is not the answer and it does it will not stay off you have to be on the medication to keep the weight off it's not going to stay off i'm sorry i for obesity people for anybody i don't think that anybody can sustain the results when, when they go off the medication yeah it's gonna be hard because again it's all up here it's all your mental battle it's gonna and be did you train yourself to you have a healthy balance with the food you're but, eating but you're not you don't you lose it's like you don't train yourself while you're on the medication because you can't. No. You don't want to eat. So what yes. is there to train? You're oh, right. this is so easy. I am have balance and all this control. That's just because you're on the medication. Yep. It's if you're on pain meds and you can go like do surgery or get something done. You can exactly. be like, oh, this is a piece of cake. Go get Try doing yeah. that surgery without the pain yeah, meds. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, yeah. Shoot, shoot yourself up with asthenias and legion. Go get tattoos everywhere. It's not going to yeah. hurt because you're going to be put under. But do it sober. It's going to be a different ballgame. Yeah. So it's, and that's what does scare me about the whole situation. But I still stand behind. I think it's excellent for someone who has the intention to take the medication long term, just like bariatric surgery. Bariatric is a permanent solution, right? It permanently, unless it stretches back out. Like that's a, your stomach after three months doesn't go back to normal size. Everyone would gain all their weight back. As it is, bariatric patients gain their weight back. Why? Because they slowly stretch back out their stomach. Yep. So even they gain their weight back and their solution was permanent. So it's not looking good for people who are not just like thinking, okay, I'm going to take this forever. Kind of like a, a statin or a blood pressure med. Not only that, like Dr. Peter Tia said, you lose a lot of muscle tissue and you gain a lot of body fat, like skinny fat. Yeah. It, we so. know that's a whole other yeah, thing for it, sure. It's, but it's, it has this, uh, yeah, it, I mean, just, I it just, hasn't been mastered yet is what I'm saying. No, I could go on and on, but I just feel like more and more people are going to jump on for the vanity stuff because on, it's man. easy to come by now. Yep. All right. Moving on to comment corner. <clears throat> Marty11979, only podcast I listen to. Y'all guys are freaking adorable. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Andrea Lawrence2348, also a new binger of your channel. I like to work my way back, so I'm sure I'll get to the earlier episodes and notice how different it was. I was like, oh my God, how embarrassing. It would be a lot different. I want him to watch some of the old ones. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. We'll see. Heather Scherner, 7957. I haven't listened to podcasts in the past. I've been watching your Vlogmas, and this caught my attention. I am hooked. I will be going back to listen to the other ones. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I know. All right. So I just wanted to say, you guys, so much support on last week's episode where I opened up about my dad and my experience with the whole narcissism thing. I can't even tell you, inundated with comments, DMs, just people reaching out emails about going through a similar experience. And it made me realize like, whoa, okay, this is like the menopause topic, right? It's yeah. something that it's deep. many people are going through. Many Not people. a lot of people talk about it. Nope. Because it involves family members and they don't want to put their business on blast. Exactly. And that was my, to be honest, I'm sure I'm not the most popular person in my family right now. Probably not. It's got to be said. It's got to be talked about. It's got to be made aware. That and way people can relate to it as well. Even, even people that maybe they agree with me, but they don't necessarily want this out. I'm sure no one in my family is like a public person. No. So I, that's no. why I did struggle. And that's why when I share stories and experiences, I'm going to keep them to my own ones. I'm not going to share other family members experiences out of respect for their privacy. Yeah. So my opinions on this show are my own. I'm not going to speak for my family. I'm not going to speak for my siblings because I just don't think that's fair. They're not public. Yeah. And so I just want to make sure that is clear. I'm sure, like I said, I'm not getting the MVP award at Christmas this year. Oh, it, has to be, it has to be said and talked about. It has to be made aware because that's abuse. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. I want to get into yeah. all of that. I did receive a comment from Sylvia5366. She says, I can relate on so many levels. My father is also a narcissist and my mother has endured so much by his side. I really feel our mom's love for us is so strong that they put up with deplorable behavior just to keep the family together. Thank you for sharing your story, Janine, and placing the spotlight on such an important topic as spousal abuse. Your podcast is on another level and I thank you for what you and Mike do daily. Thank you so much for that comment. And by the way, yes, I do want to say you. anyone that shared their stories with me via email or DMs, those are com kept completely private. Yes. I know that this is a very touchy subject. I only will share comments for people who have posted public comments. No DMs, no emails, none of the private conversations we have had, text messages, things like that. So I just wanted to make sure nobody's like your quaking secrets, in their boots. Your secrets are safe with yeah. Janine. I am a safe I don't, space. I don't even know those combos you've had. Yeah, no, I've had a Please. lot. And I am a safe space and I want you guys to feel comfortable. I know it, it feels validating to be able to talk to somebody. And I, I told you you're not alone. See, no, it's crazy. I How many people came forward? It's crazy. And they probably feel good talking about it. All right. So I'm actually currently reading a book. I downloaded it on my Kindle from Dr. Sherry Campbell, and I'm going to manifest this right now. I want this lady on our show. Oh, yeah. What's your at name? At some point. Sherry Campbell, Sherry Dr. Campbell. Sherry Campbell. Oh. I watched her actually on another podcast with Kristen Cavallari, who it's called Let's Be Honest. It's a Dear Media podcast. I, I like her podcast, but I like watching her because she's talked a little <clears> bit about going through cutting off her dad, who is a narcissist. Damn. Kristen Cavallari was on The Hills. 
And I remember seeing her dad on not the just the hills on Laguna Beach. Her dad appeared on Laguna Beach because she was on she was a cast member there. And she recently cut him off and says it was like the best thing she's ever done. It's so sad that it's your own I know. family. It's, and, and at that, it's could be your father the, or your mother that's that way and you got to cut him off. So I want to just touch on, since we're going to start these conversations around narcissism, this is just only just the beginning. But what is a narcissist? Because it gets used very loosely. It's like a buzzword now, gaslighting, narcissist. Yes. So what Break is a down. narcissist? So a narcissist, it's like a personality disorder. And they, these are some characteristics. <clears throat> they lack empathy. They have yep. no loyalty. Yep. They are unavailable emotionally. Yep. No authentic connections. They often have the victim mentality. They are never, ever wrong. They will never admit any wrongdoing. They tend to be liars and manipulators. They're disturbingly selfish and immature. Yep. They thrive and love power. That, that part. And they love to watch us try. They, get, they feed off of us trying to satisfy them. They're like sick in the head, basically. Yeah, they in a have, nutshell. it's crazy. And you know what it is? They're very like uh, boisterous a lot of times and they have a very grandiose sense of self. And you'd think, wow, that person is so confident. Actually, no, they're extremely at the core. They're extremely insecure. It's fake confidence. That's what I always say. And what's interesting, and I'll be honest with you guys, I, it's, I knew my dad was a narcissist, but I never really knew what a narcissist was. I've known what his, some of his faults were, but being able to like, I feel like this is like a, almost like a diagnosis, right? And when I heard what a narcissist is and it describes him to a T, then it allowed me to process a lot of my memories, not only my childhood memories, but things I've been going through over the past couple of years through yeah. this lens of having the answer of, this is what this is. And it's like eye-opening. And let me tell you why it helped me so much. Knowing what he is truly, like he fits the box perfectly. It's a perfect little box with a bow on it. Helped me to make the decision to cut him off. Because until then, I always thought he would change. Or maybe if I just did more. Maybe if I remember I had a conversation with him after my mom died, it was a few months in after her death and he was still just unhappy. He was just, wasn't happy. He just complained about everybody and everything. And I said, I sat next to him on the bed and I said, dad, what will make you happy? You tell me right now, I want you to give me in a perfect world, tell me everything that will make you happy. And he listed things that it would make him happy. He wanted his meals cooked. He didn't want to have to worry about grocery shopping. He didn't want to, he wanted to be basically. God damn, it sounds like he wanted to be pampered like a baby. Yeah, he did. And so I said, well, and, and he didn't want, he wanted someone there every day. So I said, <clears throat> what if I made that happen? Will you be happy? And he goes, I hope so. Like exactly like that, I remember. And I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. And that's when I rallied my siblings up and I said, what can you guys do? And then I'll fill in the rest. Yeah, I didn't. I just I vowed to him I would not travel. I would not go very far away from the home. 
I would let him know if I was going to be more than like 15 minutes away. I, I did all these things and I thought, oh, I was ready, you guys. I'm like, you know what? This I can do this. I can put my life on hold for a little bit. I even said that to you. Remember I said, yep. it's just a short period of time in my life, a couple of years. Like I can do this. And then guess what? The more I gave, the more miserable he became. Yeah. He abused you. The more I gave, I felt, I don't know if you guys have ever, have you ever heard of that book, The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein? It was a book that I read when I was a, a little kid, but it was like the tree, the kid kept coming back and the trees, I have leaves, I can give you my leaves. And then the kid came back, used the leaves, I can give you my branches. And at the end of the day, the tree was a stump. I felt like the giving tree. Okay. Cause every time I would give him what he asked for, it wasn't enough and he wasn't happy No, and it wasn't. And I would always try to please him. And I realized my mom did this her whole life. Yeah. She put up with it forever. Yes. Pretty much. And crazy. It, it was just, it, it, it gave me knowing being able to put a name to what he was and what he was doing made me realize there was nothing I could do. No amount of slaving for him. I did everything for him, cooked for him, did his medications, his appointments. I even lotioned his dry feet. Okay. Mm. I did everything and it was never enough. Nope. So making, realizing that he was a narcissist made me realize that it was never going to be enough. Nope. You know, he was never going to be happy. And our society is so programmed to believe that all parents love and adore their kids that we hold strangers to a higher standard than we hold our own parents. Right. If a stranger treated me like that, I would have told them to go F themselves in 2.5 seconds. Quick. If I was like at a job. And a boss treated me like that one day I would have walked out and never looked back. I don't care how much they were paying me, Yeah. but for him, we allow it. And this is what's happening. They it's, get passes. It's rampant in, in, with among parents and children specifically because they, yes, you're right. They get passes. They do. Shouldn't. I had a boss like that. Now that you're thinking about it. Like I had a boss where almost to the point where I threatened to do physically. He, I snapped on him. He cowered down. He didn't call the cops. That's what I thought. It's just, they also, it's interesting because when you have a multi, multi-sibling family, the dynamic is interesting. <clears throat> they play favorites among their kids too. Yeah, they try to turn you against each other. They do. I know. And even like when I think back to growing up, he always, you always, he always had like a star, like the star. And I'm, not to toot my own horn, but a lot of times, and this is why I was in denial for a long time, is I used to be a lot of the times the star. So he would pump me up yeah. like I was the star, though. but it's like the one who can make him look good, right? And if you were did something bad or you weren't the star, then you were, he constantly ridiculed you or whatever. He would put, everyone had like their place. And he, Crazy. because he thought of his kids as an extension of him. They, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not our own individual people. And I did notice this about him. Like he's emotionally unavailable and he's unavailable to receive information. Like you can talk to him 
and it's literally like a cement wall. The, the words don't penetrate and he doesn't care what you're saying. He's too busy in his brain trying to come up with what cool, witty, smart thing he's going to say next. So he doesn't pay attention at all. And this is a common trait with narcissists. They're obsessed with maintaining their family's image. Their love is conditional. Okay. So when you're doing good and you are a good reflection of him where he could be like, Oh, my daughter did this. My daughter did that. Then you're good. You are, he'll love bomb you. But if the minute that you are a poor reflection of him or he has no use for you, then you're cast to the side. They'll do anything to be the best. They, this is another thing. I always was like, we were not allowed to play sports unless we were the best at it. And if we try to play something that we weren't very good at, he wouldn't give any interest into it at all. Damn. I don't know what that feels like at all. I never went through that. Neither my parents were narcissists. Yeah, so you're lucky. They're neither not. Neither nah, one. I played whatever sport I wanted, did what I wanted. My dad never told me no, not to so do that. So if, if we weren't going to be the best of the best, then it was like, why bother? And he used to say that. And I used to think, I didn't ever thought of, obviously, back, back then as this a narcissistic trait, but it is. And in a positive way, I think about the positive influences. It has caused me to tend to be a little bit of an overachiever, or I want to be an overachiever. I want to be the best at what I'm doing all the time. That comes from that comes from him, and that and I never realized that these were not necessarily the best things that you could be doing to your kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy, man. So he pushed you to be an overachiever, basically. A little bit, but he could also excel. It, so some of the kids can be like overachievers, and some can have really low self esteem. But I, a lot of time, was the one he was pumping up. Yeah, and so I think that my I don't have low self esteem. But maybe I don't know about some of my other siblings. That's true. Good, good point there. You're right. They are also, they are allowed to be emotional, but you are not allowed to be emotional. That's another trait. Yeah. And I, that I experienced in his, in my mom's death. I saw it. I saw it. I was like, wow, he's so worried about how he feels and just him. He's not worried about, hey, their kids lost their mother. You know what I'm saying? That's up. You're not worried about yourself and not your kids, how they feel. They yeah, they never mother. did. They and lost I, the woman that brought him on to To me, earth. when somebody, when I hear, and I thank God, listen, I get scared sometimes. I've actually had this conversation with my kids a couple of times, like, hey, I'm not a narcissist, am I? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm like. I wouldn't be with you if you were, man. No, Trust but me. even, I don't even want the tendencies to be a narcissist. I was raised by one. And so I want to make sure that didn't rub off on me because I tend to be an overachiever. Or like, you could, it's scary. I don't want to be that way, but I, one thing I know I do not lack, which is one of the biggest things that they lack is the empathy. I know when I feel when someone is hurting, I feel they're hurt. And I'm so grateful to have that. Yeah. It's a good thing to have. They are extremely jealous and possessive of others as well. Narcissistic parents crave absolute control over their children. They will become jealous and possessive if they sense any threat to this control. For example, they may react with rage when a child moves out or leaves for college or starts a new relationship. Thousand percent. I didn't experience that though with your father. No, I, like I've explained before, I was, this is why I haven't, I only really experienced the really bad stuff in the last two years yeah, when yeah, I yeah. entered his life. Prior <clears throat> to my mom passing away, I was my mother's. My mom, when she, I was the baby of four kids. And when she <clears throat> had her last kid, she told my dad, this girl is mine. 
she's mine. She's going to be in dresses. I don't want her playing sports. I want it. She's my doll. So I was my mother's plaything almost. So I didn't have a super close relationship to my dad growing up. Gotcha. So I didn't experience that as much. So my, my other siblings, my, they were a little bit more experienced that possessiveness controlling over their decisions, like anything as adults, if they wanted to sell a car, if they wanted to sell a house or buy a new car, get an animal. He had this very strong opinion on these adults who are making their own money or have living their own lives. Why, why do you have such a strong opinion on something that doesn't affect you? Damn. I never looked at the way I never noticed it. I never knew your dad was that way. This is the one that really got me because this is what I've experienced. They expect you to play the caregiver role. The needs of their children will never outmatch those of the narcissistic parent. These parents expect children to put responsibilities aside to be available 24 seven because they gave their children everything. The parent will want children to wait on them hand and foot and attend to their every need so they can continue to inflate their ego and feel worthy. Basically, he didn't want you to go to work. He didn't want me to do anything. He didn't want me to have a life. Yes. But this, even your so. Your life was just taking care of him. But it was still never enough, even if I would have done that. And my mom used to say that. It's never I'm surprised enough. you never said, hey, dad, I got a husband at home too. He didn't snap back and say, well, I'm more important. Did he ever say anything like that? No, because I never really said that. Uh, Listen, there's something that I tried to practice. Like when I realized how bad this was, I thought to myself, okay, how could I get through this? And I didn't realize I was doing some, they call it something, but I was just trying to be very, not talk about myself. I stopped saying anything about myself or my life at all. And what I realized when I did that is he never asked or cared. He yeah. didn't be never like he would have, he had no idea what I did, what, where I was, how the kids were nothing. I stopped sharing and he didn't care to ask. But I would only talk about him. That's how I would get through the visits. If I could talk about him, he would be okay. And I would keep it really short and sweet and very, not a lot of information got, got exchanged. It's actually called <clears throat> the gray rock, being the gray rock. There's a term for it. The gray rock. Yes. Wow. You're a rock, a gray rock, right? You don't get noticed, a gray rock. Uh, so you I just keep that. it that's real. There's an, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I did. That's what made me last the last few months was being the gray rock but even that eventually they caught on he caught on to it and man he got pissed when he's oh you just come and you run out and like he started to get like mad about it yeah why did you that more huh so what so at that point you know when things get really bad and you do realize that your parent is a narcissist and they're never going to change you can like i said you could try to be the gray rock do what i did you know, if you're not a caregiver, the gray rock can actually last a long time. Yeah. You want to keep visits short, create nice, good boundaries, have boundaries around your visit. Hey, dad, mom, I'm going to be, I'm going to visit for an hour today. A nice boundary. Don't share a lot of personal information about yourself. Don't share about anything like, cause they'll turn it around and use anything good against you. If you share, Oh, I'm going on a vacation. They might be okay with that vacation right then, but then maybe a week later, they're saying you're spending too much money on the vacation or whatever. They'll have an opinion. Yes. Don't share a lot of information with the narcissist. At, turn every conversation about them. How are you feeling today? How are you doing? Yeah, it's not fun. It's a one-sided relationship, but that's the only kind of relationship you can have with the narcissist. Otherwise, you're going to be disappointed. 
And if you can, and if you get to the point where the abuse, even beyond the gray, being the gray rock, gets so bad, you might want to consider cutting them off and going no contact. I was told by you and my son for months to do this. And I didn't even consider it an option. I would just like brush you guys off like, I can't do that. That's impossible. There's no way I could do that. I have to protect your mental health, man, at the end of the day. You can't be taking that abuse for too long. And I actually, you're going to snap him. You might do something physical to him. I was lucky. He he actually did me a favor because he got so <clears> bad <throat> that he didn't give me a choice. I had to do it. So I wonder. Remember, I, I always wonder. And I used to, you always think like you hear these stories about elder abuse in these homes, right? These elders that mm -hmm. end up in these homes. And I wonder it's because if the caretakers or the people working there finally snap because there's, I'm, I'm assuming there's narcissist people in there too. And do the workers finally snap on them in there and then attack them? I know. You Who know knows? Because I mean? they can be so miserable. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that I'm just, I'm actually grateful. I laugh and I'm grateful to him. I have to think about the positives and things. I'm grateful that he got so bad that he didn't give me a choice. Like for my own safety, I had to do no contact. And honestly, it was the best thing I ever did because the gray rock, I was kidding myself. I was being the gray rock probably for four, four five months. I was the gray rock. And I thought, oh, okay, I can handle this. I was kidding myself. And it wasn't until I did the no contact that I realized how horrible that was. Even the gray rock was bad. Yeah. And I was so stressed and so miserable and on such a low frequency, deep down, always fighting that it wasn't until I went no contact that I realized that I needed to do that all along. And my only regret is I didn't do it sooner. It's out of shame and guilt and all those things. What are people going to think? And now, honestly, I don't care. I can be honest with you and tell you, I don't care. I know this is the right decision for me. I've never been more confident in my decision. I do not regret it at all, but I wanted to go over some things with you guys on what to expect when you go no contact with the narcissist parent. Now, no contact means no phone calls or texting with that person. No contact via a third party. Nope. You have to block them on social media. Yep. And I did the no contact in layers, by the way. <laughs> I didn't have the guts to do it all at one time. First, I blocked on social media. Then I blocked the phone calls because he was leaving the threatening phone calls. I blocked the phone. But no contact means truly no contact. You're not dwelling on thoughts of them. You're not planning to get revenge on them. I have... No desire. I don't want my dad to be miserable. I don't want, I don't wish bad things on him. I just want him to just forget about me. Leave you alone. Just let me fly off into the sunset, focus on other people. Yes. Just pretend I never existed. Yep. Sad, but that's the way it's got to be. That's all I and want. And I kept telling you, but you didn't want to listen. I knew it. I said, man, I kept telling you, we noticed your moves, me and your son. Like you, every time you came from there, you were always not in the best mood. Showed. I mean, but just pre be prepared, though, because they don't like it when you cut them off. They They're get going to rage. <laughs> they get their energy from your reactions. Yes. The worst thing you can do to them is cut off your the access to you, which is how they get their energy. Supply line, cut it off. They'll try to get to you, come hell or high water. In whatever will. way, they will be prepared for the smear campaign, be prepared for the lies. Yes. 
be prepared for other family members saying, it's your dad. What are you thinking? After, after everything he did for you, you're going to get, you have to be prepared for all of that and stay strong. Because they play stupid and sweet to other people like their family members, their own siblings. If their siblings around, they'll play all sweet and dumb. They'll play like they're perfect. Yeah. You know I mean? like, oh, master yeah. But you know yes, what? They're, they're master Listen, just do your thing. Don't even get in. Don't. And I need to learn from this and I'm going to continue to do this is don't feel like you need to establish your case for everyone to understand. Nobody's going to understand because they're not in your shoes. <coughs> they're not nope. going to be able to fathom what you've gone through No. for a child to cut contact off with a parent. You have to imagine the gravity of what must have transpired in order for them to do that. I always used to tell you record. I kept telling you. I know, but I wouldn't. What am I going to do with those recordings? Just have it, just in case. I know, but what I'm trying to. Just in case. But what I'm trying to tell people. They can come in handy later on. No, but what I'm trying to tell people is that I don't. I'm not going to feel like I need to plead my case. I don't need anybody to understand. I don't need anybody to approve. I don't need a seal of approval. I don't. I don't care. You could. It could use legal purposes sometimes. They. I know, but that's off topic from what I'm talking about. That has nothing to do with it. I'm, just I'm talking about being prepared for what to expect from other people and to not feel like you need to defend yourself. I do have recordings. I have recordings. I have plenty of things. And everybody's like you, babe. Some people might need to feel to defend themselves. Every, every human's different. You know what I'm but, saying? But I'm talking to you from a psych, like a the doctor, like the doctor said, it's actually not a good thing to do. When you defend yourself too, you're still giving them some power because then they know that they've affected you. You have to almost pretend to them like you're unaffected so that they don't get any power out of your reaction. There's power in the ignoring. Yep, of course. It's like somebody in an argument. They're raging and you just ignore them. They're going to get even more mad. Narcissisms are narcissists are gaslighters. They love to ignite you, and then they get on go. Oh my gosh, why are you so mad? They get you mad, yeah. And then you react, yes. And then they're like, "Why are you acting like that?" Then they go into their victim. Yes, they become the victim. Yep. I refuse to give him any more of my energy, like my energy source. I'm not going to allow him to plug into me. So I'm just telling those of you though, it's very difficult. It is a very difficult to go no contact. And until you do it, you will not really know what, how heavily that person has impacted you. You think you're handling their narcissism. You're not. I thought I was too. I, th- I really thought that I had it under control. And I would tell you that. I would tell Tyler. I thought I was rocking and rolling. had it under control. That I was super strong and I could handle it. I was wrong. It God was eating away at me. Pride and ego is all I'm going to say. What do you mean? The pride and ego is a I had pride and ego? Yeah. Sometimes you have a lot of pride and ego. You can't swallow it. We're telling you. And you're like, nah, I got it under control. Okay. Look what it did to you. I know. It's it. I think that. It's also important when you go no contact with the narcissist parent that you made the decision for yourself. Yeah. A hard head makes a soft ass. That's what we say. (laughs) 
But if you would have, say, say you guys would have forced your hand. There was a time Tyler was like, I'm not going to let you go there. Like, how about that? I was like, oh, okay. I mean, we, we can't stop you from right. seeing your dad. You're a grown ass woman. And then what? Then he still wins because I feel I would feel like I would have resentment towards you guys. Like, oh, and then I would feel bad for him. I'd be like, dad, my husband and my son won't let me go there. And then he would he would manipulate the situation, and then he would make manipulate me against Let's you guys. Let's just say you're you're lucky. You got an understanding husband. A lot of men would be pissed. They put their foot down. Either it's you, it's either him or me. I'm just telling you, your father did that. So we won't get that deep into it. But people do that. Husbands yeah. ain't putting up with this shit. Yeah. So no. just know that. I know, but I still I think I'm happy with the fact that how I made the decision. I would recommend if you're out there and you're dealing with this that you are the one that comes to this conclusion. I do recommend that you get some therapy. It is so validating to know that you're not going crazy because when you are in the running in the circles of narcissistic abuse, you literally feel like you're losing your mind. They are such master manipulators that you oftentimes forget why you're even angry. They drop little matches in the gas and light you on fire and you don't even know what you're arguing about. You end up like talking in circles. Yeah. Psycho, man. What's that? What's that? What do they call that behavior? Doing something over and over. I can't remember. What yeah. It the is. definition Sorry. of insanity is there doing the same that's thing what, and expecting a different result. That, that's what you're doing. And, and let me tell you this. I it's not always in the form of anger and igniting. Sometimes it's guilt and sadness. Sometimes it's love or like you, what you perceive. They, If somebody treats you so poorly and then they give you a little bit, they can feel you pulling away. This is what a lot of times happens. They feel you pulling away so they know that they got to give you a little nugget to reel you back in. This is what would happen with my mom. It's like cycles of abuse. And then it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome. Oh. He loves me. He does love me. Like you have this like feeling and then you soften again and then you're right. It's like you, you go right back into the same patterns until it happens again. And then it starts happening more and more frequently. And the more you give, the more they take and that will never end. They cannot change. They'll never see your side. Don't bother arguing your point. They're never going to understand it. They're never going to admit wrongdoing unless they're doing it to manipulate you and they don't really believe they did anything wrong. So you have to decide what's best for you is being the gray rock and just like really strong boundaries, short visits, not making it about you at all, make it all about them and keep the peace. Is that your deal or is no contact the answer for you? But I do recommend that you make your own decision. Don't let other people influence your decision in either way. And once you decide to go no contact, be prepared for that because you're going to get a slew of people with opinions, even people who maybe, maybe they were your sounding board and they agreed with you and they let you vent and they, but they still didn't, they still don't agree with the no contact, especially culturally because culturally this is just what it is. You just take care of your parents. They brought you up. They did. They sacrificed so much. That's the thing they always say. Yeah. Really? I didn't ask for you to bring me into this world. That's like, true. Where's my, like my loan note? I, how much contract. do I owe you? Yeah, exactly. I want out of this contract. Yep. <laughs> yep. Elon Musk said it. Elon Musk said it the best. He goes, 
My children didn't ask me brought in this world, so I'm going to provide for them as much as I can. I brought them into this world. I like what I mean, you said there. I think it's, and I feel, <clears throat> I don't have guilt at all in terms of that. I gave everything and more. I couldn't give any more. Did what you had to do. I hope that this resonated with you guys. Like I said, I'm not no expert. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. You're not alone. I know so many people go through this and ideally in the next season of Kennedy with coffee, let's manifest getting this Dr. Sherry Campbell on the show. I would love to have her on the show because it just blew my mind. Her book blows my mind. Her watching her Instagram, she has a podcast and uh, yeah. So thank you guys so much for letting me get this off my chest. We'll see you on the next one. Oh, it, it all stopped.